2: Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. ArchFit footwear? I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers ArchFit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find
0: Skechers ArchFit footwear for men and women everywhere
2: hello everybody it's seven o'clock it's friday night it is the long run live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 rounds running community and our sponsors sketches please pop along to sketches.co.uk and check out all their great deals on trainers and gear i'm ian wilkinson there's no chris Ford tonight sorry at to this point but there you go that's life instead i'm joined by hayden And our and a very, very special guest. All the way from the island of Grenada. She tried to run away, but we dragged her back. It's Marissa Dillett. She is here, and we're going to be talking about running in the middle, in the back of the pack, all the different things. So none of your alpha flies, none of your Boston qualifiers, none of all that, your everyday stuff people you know go out there and smash it it exemplifies everything that is brilliant about our running community and it's lovely to have you along
1: welcome
2: so much. hi now she did say she's a bit nervous hope you're not really
3: i am a little bit nervous <laughs> not gonna lie but oh. yes fine. it's good
2: it'll be fun well you know well we can only thank you for um taking up time from your um, your holiday
3: I know. I'm very, I'm very honoured to be
2: on the show. Thank you. Now, Hayden, you know a lot about Marissa, don't you? Because she's one of your stalwarts of the uh, Sorry Satellite Group.
4: Yeah, she certainly is. And um, I'm actually really excited about tonight. I'm excited about tonight for a few reasons. Firstly, it's quite nice to start the show with no stupid pictures, no quizzes, no talk of boy bands, strippers, hobbits. It actually feels quite... Quite relaxed and I'm quite excited, and even more so because of we do have the lovely Marissa on. We've had um Ben, Ben is running on, we've had Andy Forrester Dean, uh, mess, this messy happy. They are all absolute awesome people. And they, the stories they tell and the experience they give us all about running these marathons and the times that they knock out is just mind blowing. It's great to get their perspective, but this is different. This is this is this is special tonight. I'm really excited because I don't miss it really well. And I've, I've seen firsthand the anxieties and oh, worry yeah. before she has all these big races and thinking about going to them. And I think it's a really great story to tell people because there's so many of us out there who have the same feelings, but think they're on their own and you're just so not. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested tonight to listen to this. So, yeah, I'm really excited. It's Friday night. All good.
2: Oh, be I'm sure it's going to be absolutely cracking. Al, how are you, mate? You all right? You looking forward to this as well?
5: Yeah, well, pleased to know you haven't gone into administration. There were worries in the middle of the week. uh, (laughs) You made your last appearance on the Long Run Show and I saw the BBC News the other day, but uh, we quickly scuppered that one. Yeah, I was
2: a bit concerned when I saw that Wilco was on the brink of collapse and I didn't really know anything about it. I thought if that actually was the circumstance, then somebody might tap me on the shoulder and tell me about it.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, stop your garment if that ever happens. Don't worry. Oh, bless you, mate. I knew I could rely on you. Yeah, no, um, how am I? Yeah, bit bit kind of up and down at the moment. Yeah, can't really. I'm 10 weeks away from Chicago, and I can't find my rhythm. can't just get into it. It's been a bit stop-start training. I haven't got beyond 12 miles, so the old Maranoia is starting to kick in rather early. Gosh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, looking forward to a consistent August, hopefully. Get some regular miles under my belt. We've got a few fun days coming up. I'm sure we'll talk about those over the coming weeks, but yeah, then uh, uh, head down all the way to Chicago where I think you'll be there, Marissa, won't you?
3: I will indeed. On the start line as
5: well. So yeah, we'll uh, have a good time if nothing else.
3: We'll
2: cut over that, you know, shortly in the next few minutes or so. Um, Just a little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't joined us before live, um, we will put up a link um, on the Facebook group that you can um click on and then we can see your comments and um if you sign on then we can give you a name like uh matt doughty pablo perez i see they're talking oh they've been on the youtube but you can do that on youtube as well and then we can give you a name check and we can pass on you know if you've got any questions you'd like to ask marissa you know she's done some of the biggest marathons in the world and um if you're inspired by that and you'd like to know more about it then uh, please feel free to uh, chip in with your questions and um we'll take it from there so um well being somebody's joined us from the other side of the world it'd be rude to keep her waiting and because uh, <laughs> you know it's um she's only got about half an hour until it's happy hour at cocktails by the yeah port, it's so, nearly it's um,
3: nearly happy hour
2: <laughs> we wouldn't want to um we wouldn't want to uh, you know put too much of a buffer on your holiday and everything so um let's dive into it why don't you uh, there are lots of people in the community who will know who you are but for those who don't can you just give us a little bit of details about um about yourself and um when you started running and how you got into it
3: okay so i'm just turned 50 um Mm -hmm. i've been running for only six years i done couch 5k after one of my friends said oh look I've joined this group do you want to come and I went nah she went oh I've done 5k I went really oh okay (laughs) I can do it as well then so it all started from there joined a running group done couch 5k and before I'd even finished I'd signed up for a 10k and then before I'd even done 10k I'd signed up for a half marathon and then my first London was coming so yeah, I sort of got railroaded by my own um, desires to be better. So, <laughs> how did
2: just, you, so you know, what motivated you to move up those particular steps? Because sometimes, I mean, we know a lot of people that loads and loads of people do couch 5K. And some people, you know, they do it and they, they hit a bit of a wall and then they stop and then they don't sort of like kick. What motivated you, do you think, to crack on?
3: Someone said I'd never be able to run a marathon and that was it. As soon as someone says I can't do something, I will do it. And I don't care how I will do it, but I will do it. Um, so, some lovely man at my running club said, You'll never do a marathon. You know, I think you're a little bit deluded. Um, so, I went. It and... wasn't me, by the way. No, it wasn't <laughs> you. It wasn't 40s, actually. 40s wasn't even around then. It was um, 2000. And... 18, I think, when I first mm. thought about running and I'd signed up for London. I'd got a place with whiz kids for London, but yeah. I then thought, oh, I'll just do Manchester two weeks before. So I'd done two marathons like back to back, really, for my first marathons. And it was purely because someone said I couldn't.
2: Yeah. Is that and is that the attitude you have to a lot of things? You know, did you sort that of like bring that to
3: running? Everything everything it's not just running it's like everything if you can't if someone says you can't do something then yeah you've got to get up and show them that you can do it so yeah that's how it all started and um, here so, I am.
2: so which race is it you know you, you said you've done London which which how many marathons you've done now
3: so I think I've done um maybe 14 yeah <laughs> with a couple of um ultras in there
2: oh yeah just sort of sprinkled on the top yeah yeah just a
3: decoration yeah a little decoration it looks nice the medals are really good on ultras so yeah well yeah um,
2: I I suppose there's that but you know whether that had tipped the balance in the favor of me doing one I don't know where I might need a bit more inspiration although people say they're just sort of like 30 mile buffets so that's much more up my street, really. But, yeah, um... see,
3: but I struggle with that. I can't have a 30-mile buffet. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I do struggle with, like, fueling and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think the ultras are a little bit more flexible than the marathons. I find the marathons are really, yeah, time, time-orientated. time Yeah. Like, you have to move. <laughs> Like we've got a problem with Boston at the moment. I'm never gonna qualify for, for Boston. So that's my pig's ear at the moment. I can't, I don't know how I'm gonna get into that one. Yeah, but
4: you don't need to be hard on yourself for that. Cause to be fair, probably 90% of people listening here aren't gonna qualify for Boston. That That yeah. is, that is to qualify for Boston yeah. is, is you know. I know. I know, Tell exactly. Me. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, can't, you can't be hard on yourself with things like that, and there is yeah. other ways to get into Boston, which yeah. obviously you're going to explore and go for because obviously Boston is the completion for most people for the six stars, which it will be for you. So, yeah. tell us what ones, world majors, have you done so far?
3: So I've done I've done London twice, um Berlin I done last year, um, coached by um someone on the show. Um, uh, really good, my favourite marathon ever, I think. Um and then Tokyo I'd done in March, which was my worst marathon ever. It was horrendous. Mm. Horrendous. We'll,
2: we'll move on to Tokyo a little bit because there's a couple of sort of angles in that, that I'd like to talk to you about. Um but um what was thinking back about your first moment when people doubted that you could do it, what would what were their motivations for coming up with that sort of comment do you think why did why did people think
3: that I think because I'm I am a slow runner I'm I'm probably about comfortable at 12 12 and a half minute miles uh, really I like to run at 13 because I don't like to move fast my body doesn't like moving fast it does all funny things when I'm told to run fast um I like to be slow and that's my speed so I think when I joined the official running club that I was with before moving over I um they were very they were all really fast runners there was a few of us maybe 10 that were called the slow runners and we actually have a whatsapp group called the slow runners um So I think when other people look in on that group and see you struggling, seeing you struggle to run fast, uphills, they think, oh, my God, what are they thinking? They are never going to run a marathon. A marathon is, we all know because we've all done it, but they are such a long way. But I think running slower, you have, you can build more stamina If you run fast you've got to run fast for like three to four hours and get it done whereas i can normally go on for quite a while and not stop Mm. because i'm not burning myself out i'm not using all my energy in one short burst i'm literally dragging it out over five six hours so
2: do you do run all the way do you you jeff at all no i I
3: jeff all my marathons because i'm not built to i'm quite a big girl as well I'm a good size 14 so I'm not built for running long distance. I I have run, oh actually that is a lie because I did run 90% of the Bournemouth Marathon back in 2019. Yeah so that is a lie actually I did. I only walked through the stops and maybe up two of the hills because it was quite hilly I didn't think Mm. it would be. Um, So actually that was a lie I did run that one but yeah it hurt more but they so, all hurt
2: so with you and with your jeff approach because we've got lots of people who sort of like talk about this sort of thing you know lots of um you read comments in, in the facebook group as well sort of like i want to be do jeff then and the, they know it involves walking but i don't think people perhaps comprehend like the organization that goes into it. so do you do you set out and um do you set out and say right this is I go this sort of like distance. I'm going to run for X minutes. I'm going to walk for such and such. And do you have a sort of optimum approach, or does it vary whatever?
3: Normally, I do. It's um, a Jeff Galloway approach. So he's an American runner, and he's brought out loads of books. He's the Jeff of Jeffing. Yeah, he's the king of Jeffing. So normally, he says if you are going to Jeff a marathon or a long run or a 10k half marathon, whatever. Start from the beginning. Don't run like a 5K and then start jeffing because you've already used up all your stores. Um, So I play around a little bit with my ratios. Um, I normally do 60-30, which is 60 seconds running, 30 seconds walking, and I will do that for the whole marathon. If I get tired, I'll drop it down maybe to 40-20, I just muck around and I've got my own little timing app and I've got about 20 different times on there because it just depends how I feel on the day. Mm. And sometimes oh, when your phone I,
2: beeps you move on to the next one sort of thing. Yeah,
3: Yeah. Or in my headphones if I'm playing music it just beats. I've done it this morning with my daughter so we went running and I, it's just so hot here. We just done 40-20 and I just poodled around the roads and it was fine it was hot but it was fine but she's just... like oh. she doesn't like the run walk thing she's like this is just annoying <laughs> so i'll bring out in
2: to... here for with, his, um, with his coach's hat on you know about the uh, the benefits of um jeff in run walking yeah no
5: Mar- marissa's already kind of touched on i think the key thing is it is a proper running strategy mm. It's not something that you do when you get a little bit tired and you're a bit knackered Mm -hmm. and you need a rest. So the the run walk approach um, is absolutely valid. Uh, Interesting to understand how you kind of set on your your ratios. You said you kind of it's kind of a feel on the day, but have you got kind of some upper limits and lower limits kind of that you? Yeah, so my upper
3: limit is two minute run um, thirty. I tend not to have longer than thirty second walk. Because then I just don't want to start running again. I just go, oh, no, I don't want to do it. So a lot of people do a five-minute run, one-minute walk. Um, A lot of marathon runners do. So normally you have a water station every 5 k. So they will run to the water station and then have a good one to two-minute walk while they drink their water, have their food, which actually... 90 percent of runners do actually do so they don't know they're actually jeffing yeah. but they are so yeah. they'll do that every water stop
5: uh, i i think from a coach's perspective one of the things to to think about if you are going down that route is um and we you know in the coaching parlance the posh term is active recovery which is another name for walking and it's all about not letting your heart rate drop too low that mm-hmm. when you start running again there's that effort to get going so it's about balancing pushing yourself hard enough for long enough then coming off getting a little bit of recovery but not to the point where your heart's getting close to its resting heart rate Mm. which then puts the strain back on the body to then go hard again when you pick up your running so you know that's something i guess you you pick up over time in terms Mm. of that feel versus effort versus you know the relative ratios but For me, that's the science. It's it's that kind of working on that heart rate, which allows you, as you said yourself, to go for as long as it takes because you've got that built into your aerobic system.
4: Mm -hmm. You know, Actually, funny enough, um, what you're saying now is exactly, absolutely spot on. And it works the same in loads of different things. So we were talking a while ago about 5Ks and improving your 5K time. And one of the biggest tips you can honestly do for improving your 5K time is a warm up and a good hard warm up. A lot of people would turn up a park run, want to do a 5K and they don't warm up. So, what happens is you start from a resting heart rate, like i has just been saying, and you go for it that first kilometer, and suddenly your heart rate shoots up. Your body thinks, What is going on? And all sorts of things start to happen, and you really struggle. But if you do a good warm up and get that heart rate up to a good pace where your body knows what's coming next, it's almost like you're already in kilometer two of the 5K. So, when you start that park run, you got that, that exceeded pace, your body can cope with it straight away, and it's feeling better. So after that first kilometre, you're not feeling what is going on here. You're just cracking on. So it has mm. the same sort of elements of all of it. And a lot of it is related to that heart rate. And the importance of jeffing is not to let that heart rate drop back down. Mm. So you feel like like you just said, if you start walking for too long, you're going to get into yeah, that. Mine
3: is definitely 30-second buffer. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a I suppose it's,
4: it's a trial and error
2: thing, isn't it? You know, it's like so much of this game is sort of like you just find out what works for you. And it takes a little bit of time, but eventually you get there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. It actually, it's
4: quite fun as well. So on Saturday, park run just gone. I met a guy, gentleman. I think you all know him, called Con, who's from up in Leeds. Great yeah. guy, a real nice guy. And he'd done his first ever marathon this year. He'd done Manchester. And I said, "How'd you get on?" He went, "Yeah, it's okay." I said, "I oh, jeffed." It, cause that's what he's always trained for. His planning strategy. So, oh, what sort of time did you run? Three thirty-two. Oh no. He he's- three hours thirty-two. And he jeffed the whole marathon. And there actually is, I spoke to Alan about this before as well, he knows, there's actually a training plan out there for a Boston qualifier, Jeffin, training plan, where it would literally get you them ratios to the absolute maximum, if you put in what time you are, depending on your age, and it would get you through a training plan and a marathon through Jeffin. So it is such, such an underestimated and frowned upon sometimes by some people method of running a marathon Could well yeah well it. i mean
2: it's like the, the whole sport's full of people who frown upon all sorts of stuff yeah. isn't it? you know but yeah it was sort of like oh you know well
5: if you didn't run all the way what's the point yeah well yeah, exactly i think that's a very true statement for uk running and i know marissa you've done a few races abroad it is completely different when you move to the states i don't know if that's because it's the home of jeff galloway and the run walk yeah. method um or whether there is just a different mindset to to going about jeffing but um the only time i've tried it i tried it back in january in in the disney marathon um, i was just gonna
3: say disney
5: which was on the back end of three other days of running and i I really enjoyed it um it is hard to kind of just have that self-discipline because i was trying to do the maths in my head going how many times am i going to stop and start over five and a bit hours and you know my my brain was hurting so much couldn't work it out but in the states it's kind of like the 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 protocols and the um the way to go about it is much better understood and i think there's a better respect in some of the big races Mm -hmm. in america for jeffin to the point where you're kind of encouraged to learn the rules about stopping putting your hand up walking oh my god
3: please put your hand up please
5: (laughs) yes so people around you that are not aware will understand what you're doing and therefore Mm. you know you're not gonna be a hazard and people are not gonna moan at you because you're part of a bigger group of people working towards that that approach to get around the marathon so 100 percent
3: out there Do you find it
2: helps mentally as well? I mean, I did, as I mean, Al said, you know, it's not something you do when you're a bit knackered, but I got to, when I was doing the Dublin Marathon, I got to 20 miles and I'd had about a COVID a few weeks before and it was sort of, it was a bit of a slog. You know, I still felt pretty good, but it was a bit of a slog. And I just decided that sort of like run for five minutes and then walk for two all the way in. And then the fact that I chopped it up into little bits help me get home because I, I'm not thinking oh god I've got a 10k to do I've not got to fit. it's like right I've got five minutes two minutes five minutes does that does that help you get rounds
3: I think um especially for Berlin because Berlin was my big I'd followed the training plan I'd done exactly what I was told and I've never felt better going into a marathon and literally every time my buzzer went off in my head, I didn't think, oh God, not a gang. I just went for it. And literally I was properly Jeffin. So the idea of Jeffing is like when you run, you do run. You don't dawdle and you actually put in a pace. Whereas normally, you know, if I'm a bit under trained, I may just poodle along. But for Berlin, I literally, every time the timer went off, I was off. I'd glide, because there's techniques to it as well. So you glide in, glide out. You don't just stop dead. The idea is that you are still moving quite fast forward when you're gliding to a stop. And then when you start, you know your timer's going to go off. And you start running, like, maybe two or three seconds just before, so that you're not... Um, like stunting your running, because sometimes when you stop, you just stop dead and then you've lost your momentum and you're like going, oh, that was really hard work and it's hard to get going. But sometimes it just flows and once you're in that mindset, you can just keep going. I mean, I've had loads of races where the time has gone off and I've gone, no, not now, no, please, no. So with we've, um, we've
4: going back to Berlin i know tokyo was a bad one so we'll talk about it afterwards when mm. we talk about berlin and obviously that was your best performance and also what we haven't alluded to people yet is obviously you run a pb at berlin so that was I your, was your at fastest berlin. time yeah so what was it i think i know what the answer is. what was it do you think that motivated you so much with berlin was it more the fact of the motivation of getting the marathon and getting a pb or was it the other side of things where it was that fear and anxiety? as we start to go down the route and we'll start talking about the dreaded cutoff times.
3: I think it was a bit of everything. I was um, mentally really well, physically really well. I was strong. I, I had no injuries. Um, being a bit older, you know, the body's not as um, capable as it was once when I didn't run, when I should have ran. Um, so I think going into Berlin, I was really well-trained. All my runs had gone well. Nothing stands out that it went wrong. Um, my health was really good, and I just felt really good. And, but I think, you know, on the day before the Berlin Marathon, <laughs> he told me to just get to the front of your coral. Whatever you do, get to the front of your coral, because I've never run under six hours. My fastest was 6.11. So to get under six hours, and I was the second to last coral, was I? Okay, so just I'll just
4: give a bit of background to that. So at these, especially at the World Majors, well, it's well known with London because of all the press, but a lot of these World Majors do have cut-off times where if you don't make it within that time, you basically aren't registered. You're not recorded as finishing the World Major Marathon. Mm -hmm. And at Berlin, I know it was six and a half hours, yeah, which if which Marissa was around about a six hour marathoner. So but that wasn't the issue. The issue was it's six and a half hours from when Elia Kipchoge went across that start line. Mm. So if you can imagine 30, 40,000 people to get across a start line. And Marissa's corral, her pen was right at the back. So I we all knew in our heads it's going to take her a good 25 minutes, half an hour to even get to that start line. Yeah. So once you do that you're almost limiting your time already. Already, once she gets that start line, she knows she's only got six hours and five minutes, whatever it is, yeah. to get this marathon done. So this is why, this is going back to the theory why I was saying to you at the time, push yourself at least to the front of your corral, because they're, they're massive anyway. So if you get to the front, that's it. it's another five minutes. So I think that is, as you said, so when you get there, so you had six hours to do it in.
3: Yeah, so that morning I wasn't feeling great, I must say, because the, the pressure is, just horrendous absolutely horrendous don't speak to me on a morning of a marathon whoever you are you could be David Beckham and I wouldn't want to speak to you (laughs) just leave me alone so the day before all I could hear in my head was Hayden going get to the front get to the front just get to the front so I'm like weaving my way through thinking oh yeah okay got to the front and it was really busy They're like there were thousands of people in my corral and it was just crazy, absolute crazy. And I think that pressure is, yeah, unless you're in a back corral, you don't know what that pressure is like. It's horrible, really horrible. But you've just got to try and. I don't think I was overly nervous. It was nothing like Tokyo. So. I've only got good memories of Berlin, so it couldn't have been that bad. Mm. But I do remember if I had have seen anyone, I wouldn't have spoken to you. <laughs> so I'm not being rude. If I see anyone at a major, I'm just not talking to you. So <laughs> were, you to conscious, were you
2: conscious of that cut off time, you know, sort of like throughout the process I'm when you were them. doing your training always. and everything like that?
3: Always. It's always in the back of your mind. Um, especially on the long runs, not so much the short runs or the training runs or the hill sprints, but the long runs, when you've got like six hours and you know you're a six hour marathoner and you think, okay, (laughs) I actually have to move myself faster than a jet engine to get across that line in six hours. It's just, and Berlin as well, they even, pulled the gate across before people had, they were there at the gate and they were shutting the gate. So I made it and I think that's what made Berlin for me really. I made the, the time and I was had five in front of my number. It was not six. It was my first under six hour marathon. So, so did
2: you, yeah. I'll, I'll bring Alan in a sec. Did, did that give you the extra motivation to perform well and to get it done because you knew that you know, you anticipated that you wouldn't have much leeway when it came to sort of like being swept up.
3: If I, if I'm honest, I didn't think I'd get through Berlin. I didn't think I'd make the cutoff. I really didn't.
2: So, but did they're you not there for that in a way. Was that sort of like seen as well? If I get over it, then it's going to be a bonus. Or I'll just go and try and do my best. And
3: the day you, know, it's you feel the the...
2: disappointment it yeah. well happens.
3: I think it's more the days leading up to it. I think the anxiety and The pressure is just, I I mean, I get really sick. (laughs) But at Berlin, I wasn't really sick. I was just, I went to the zoo the day before and spent all day walking around. I mean, you don't do that before a major, but obviously it was really good for me. But yeah, I think pressure is not great if you're a back of the pack person.
1: It's not good.
5: Wow. I think yeah.
3: that's fast runners don't appreciate.
5: So, so that leads me into a question about how you approach your training, Marissa. Um we all say you can't train at your goal pace, you can't train at your marathon pace, you have to ease it off and then go harder on the shorter distances. So when you've got that pressure of the, the cutoffs, how do you you know mentally approach the training where you're kind of going, I've got to go slower than my, you know, my 13 minutes or whatever. Um, but I know that's going to put me in the right position to hit my goal pace on marathon day. Because the, I guess the frustration and the pressure will be to try and train too hard and train too fast and, and cause a different kind of pressure, an injury pressure or a,
3: mm. a performance
5: pressure when that's not the purpose of, of the long, slow runs in training. So how do you, how do you deal with that?
3: I do find it hard to go slower than I already am slow because I'll be out there all day. Otherwise, if I went slower than I already go slow, Um, but I did around Berlin and just after Berlin, I was moving generally faster. I mean, my coach there will tell you, Um, I think my 5Ks improved, my 10K and my half marathon times. I'm not sure why. I think maybe just generally being fitter and healthier. But, yeah, you. D- I don't have a goal pace.
5: Right. I don't ever so go Don't out put that pressure game. on yourself. No. At the start of any given, any no. given race. That's Sometimes probably of the answer. Yeah.
3: I like to think that, oh yeah, I can run at 11 minute miles. And then I think, oh God, no, that's way too fast. Yeah, I'll just pull it back and go, let's just see what happens.
2: Al, we've had quite a few sort of messages and stuff. We said so we can
5: yeah,
2: try clear some probably, of the log? <laughs> I
5: think it's probably true to say, Marissa, you're inspiring loads of people to, <laughs> to comment about their experiences. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna jump back to one of the first ones we got. Um, because I think, you know, your experience will probably help the, this person. So uh CK um, has got their first 10K, the first ever 10K tomorrow. Um, it's saying that to us that they're scared, they're worried. They're worried about being lost. Um, they're worried about people, you know, thinking and laughing at them. So yeah. what would you, what advice would you give to that person to try and kind of give them a positive experience tomorrow?
3: One, don't ever worry about being last because sometimes you get the biggest crowd when you're the last runner because everyone's still there or right, everyone's not still there, but there is a load of people there waiting for you to come over. Don't don't ever worry about being last. Anxiety, you are going to have anxiety if it's your first 10K. I suggest getting some headphones <laughs> with um, the open-ear ones, so the shock ones that you can use in races, um, put them on, put your favourite music on, and just forget that you're actually running a race. Just go at the speed you're going at, and just enjoy it. A 10K is a nice distance, um, just literally don't worry about it, you will be fine.
4: So this, uh, this, is, this is actually Carol Knight, and she's actually part of the uh, 41's virtual club, and she booked this race, I would say, a good couple of months ago, and since the minute it was booked, the message she's put up, she's been, like, really worried, and she's getting to the point where I think it was yesterday she was feeling so sick, she was actually going to cancel. This is sort of like the pressure and anxiety she's had. She no, knows don't she,
3: cancel. She knows she can do the if 10K. sick, just before. And just she knows she pass. can walk
4: it. Yeah, she can walk the 10K, but it's just that absolute fear and the pressure of outside influences and people thinking oh. you're not good enough, etc., and it's something, this is why people like yourself, Chris, are, this is it's great for people to realize that once you get over that barrier and you get over that moment of thinking, it doesn't matter what other people think. No. Nice. And actually, sometimes that back of the someone else has commented earlier, the back of the pack, that feeling, that party atmosphere sometimes is better. I'll never ever forget Al. Oh, you were there as well. I was, oh, no, you wasn't. So, Al, at um, Seven Bridge Park Run in Wales. Yes. All the, all the yeah, yes. guys had finished. So, what we've done is you finish under a tunnel and it's a real big echo. So once all the faster people finished and then they got the old clap like this, and then everyone sort of waited around and waited for the slower, as you call them, people, that come in last. And my God, the noise that that generated from last runners, you almost wanted to be last because that feeling was like, honestly, like goosebumps. It it was amazing. I do think there's a massive thing that people appreciate, these people that are labeled as the slower runners because they realize they're putting in one hell of a shift. They really are. I, I think that Pablo commented saying, yeah. You know, was he say? I agree, Marissa, as was a slow runner. Slow runner training is hard. But, oh no, sorry, that's in the comment. You <laughs> that, he said something about when you're on your feet for six hours, that takes a yeah. lot. That takes a lot more than a guy just running it in three hours. That's it takes a lot more out of you. So you know, well, I think there's a bit of a movement
5: developing to try and um, challenge the the whole concept of slow running. There's been a couple of articles floating around, uh, and there's a quite a prominent runner in the states he runs uh i think the club's called slow as af oh yeah yeah. he referred to it as sexy pace now other people may not find that appropriate for other reasons but um one person's slow is another person's fast and vice versa so it's all relative so referencing slow runners arguably doesn't really kind of count and and i think pablo picked up that point you know there's a lot to be said for being hardcore and mm-hmm. and, and smashing out a six-hour marathon. Yeah, we'd all love to run sub-two, but it's not going to happen, is it? So yeah, we're we going to do the rest of the day, though. Exactly, it's value for money, Marissa. You get
2: absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm allowed to do these marathons. You might as well get your money's worth.
3: I get full money's worth of all of my races. <laughs> I totally do. And as for anxiety, just literally, even if you're sick, just before you start. Do that race, because you won't regret doing it.
5: Yeah. Well, Pablo I mean, did I have a question for you, he's race. made loads of comments. So you're really inspiring, but he's, he's got his first marathon in October. So give him your kind of golden tip, the one takeaway, if he forgets everything else tonight, what's that one thing that, you know, he should ingrain on his brain.
3: Just do you. Don't don't look at everybody else around you. If people are overtaking you, you may overtake them later. Just literally do you, don't worry about anyone else around you and enjoy it. Do you know what? Smile, because it really does help. And it helps everybody else around you. And I've met some of my favorite people doing marathons. I've got some really good friends that I've met running my marathons. So literally just do you oh and don't eat anything too spicy the night before <laughs> <laughs> that's another top dip there's that
2: quote isn't there Pablo that um you know you can spend you know you'll have your days wondering whether you could actually run a marathon but then one day you'll have the rest of your life knowing that you've done it.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, yeah, I think that's exactly. the most pertinent
5: the best running quote that I can possibly think of and you won't regret it. It'll, it'll change your life. Cool. We've still got questions coming in, so I'm going to keep firing oh, them at man. you, Marissa. We might have to do an extra bonus episode to, to finish off oh, wow. all the questions for you. So that bar, you might have to wait for your first cocktail of the day. Um, oh. Stephen, are oh, oh, you're already there. Sorry, I just kind of <laughs> shouldn't assume that you're staying dry till after this. Um, Stephen C, 1984, has got, it looks like a little bit of a flippant question, but I know it is a, oh, a serious one so how do you cope with the amount of litter that you often find at the back of the big races no that is because it really is a big hazard isn't it
3: it's london i think it was london it was either london or manchester they decided that they would give lucas aid in these little balls i remember
5: that yes yeah yeah yeah
3: that is the worst marathon i've ever done because literally people were popping them in their mouth and then spitting the thing out oh my god it's an absolute nightmare but since then i do think gel packets actually are a nightmare nightmare if you're a fast runner and you have gels throw your packet to the side of the road don't leave it in the middle it can be especially if it's wet so all I can say is I would tend I tend to go away from the water station once I've got my water and run sort of in the middle of the road because everyone goes to the water station, drinks and drops everything right there where they stand, they don't bother. So I tend to go into the middle where it's a bit clearer.
5: But I, I have got a little story. I can't remember where I was racing, but I got dropped by the pack in, you know, the race and I was starting to kind of um Lose the will to live, and the only reason I kind of knew I was still on the course is I was following the trail of gel packs. <laughs> and then you useful. get you get <laughs> that I could have easily kind of gone off route and got lost and never made it to the finish line. It's like, yeah, there's a gel pack. I'm You're going to say the, the
3: sticky road. feet thing. Sticky, oh, right. sticky feet, oh like
5: a pub floor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we won't bring weather spins into the conversation. That's for right. uh, extreme. Partial. Yeah, it
3: can be really tricky and. I don't know which one it was, was bottles. What marathon was bottles. So they had like little bottles. And I just think it's not just the faster runners. It's it's everyone in general. They drink their drink and then they just dump it.
2: The bottle tops think, as well, they're bad.
1: For, yeah. Aren't
2: they? I mean, the uh, Great North Run's one for that. Like you'll come around like, and there are literally, you know, you're running through and there's, 200 bottle tops on a wet floor.
3: There is actually no need for it because they do have the big rubbish carts. So you actually they put signs up now like hit me so you throw your bottle at it. Yeah, I've been and taken
5: I'll... out by a few of those. Yeah. I...
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. I just think you need to be a bit all runners need to think about others really. Yeah. I mean, That's I've That's a been... great
2: point. That was a great question as well.
3: I've actually been hit by somebody throwing their water into a bag as because as i was running past she went like that and it just literally got me in the face i was like huh So she was getting in the bag
5: they keep coming marissa so don't relax just yet Mm -hmm. pablo's back he wants to know how you feel for your for your five and six hours you know again what how do you approach that given that you're going to be out you know you're going to be out for a long
3: time I'm a bit of a tricky one with my fueling because I've got a uh, bowel disease, so it's really difficult for me to fuel. Um, I don't do gels. Uh, I just can't do gels. I tend to have a pizza the night before. My favourite is, um, what's it called? I can't even think what it's called. The pizza that's folded over. in Calzoni.
2: Calzoni.
3: That's my favourite before a run. Um, And that seems to sit all right. But during the run, I tend to take shot blocks, which are the little jelly block things. Um, They seem to be a bit gentler on my stomach. Um, I can't take anything else. Can't eat a banana or anything. So you can't
5: do real food. You're not kind of into. uh, uh, What is it? Um, You had that malt loaf,
4: didn't you, Hayden? You're a bit of a malt oh, loaf yeah. fiend. I'd only for yeah, only leading up for carb loading oh, right. thing. I do like a bit of serene, definitely. Oh, lovely. Yeah.
3: yeah, he likes a hot cross bun as well.
4: I do like a hot cross bun. Any,
2: I'm made for a hot cross bun. Halfway through a long run, I always have a hot cross bun. It's Great.
3: But ultras, if I'm doing an ultra and I know that I'm not going to be running as fast as the marathon, I can generally eat anything like malt loaf and anything like um what else do i oh i've taken jam sandwiches before
4: (laughs) very own paddy and bear
3: (laughs) yeah no i've eaten jam sandwiches in bushy pot while um mo farah was running past me
5: any particular flavor uh
3: strawberry Strawberry
5: oh come on it's only obscene now (laughs) with or without peanut butter
3: that's disgusting,
5: no. <laughs> just just checking just checking where your limits are.
3: Um, I
2: just limit. want to speak, uh, Marissa, just to, before we... Because we've we got a guest, we've got to do a lightning round, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, time is rushing on. We're absolutely smashing it mm-hmm. today. Um, just, I just want to talk, um, you to talk about your Tokyo experience because um, it sounded that... Well, we might be revisiting a bit of a nightmare. I remember just setting this up. I remember the number of shows we did... With Hayden before he was going, and that the anxiety he had about some very strict mm. pre race organization. And you know, it was not long after Covid, and you can only have water here, and you couldn't take this, and you couldn't take that. You know, what was your experience? What actually happened?
3: Tokyo was a nightmare from the moment we landed in Tokyo so it's quite a challenge just even getting from the airport to um the expo your hotel um they say that english is really well spoken there it's really not um well spoken there as for the marathon it is really strict really strict cut off and there was no moving pens you i was literally in the back of my back coral So there was about 30 of us all huddled together um, going, oh, my God, what are we doing? The anxiety before, I was really ill, really ill. I just thought, I don't even know why I'm going because I didn't think I would make the cut off because they also start from the first runner, but they said it could take up to 45 minutes for the first runner for you to get past where the first runner started. So I was already going, well, that's 45 minutes. Um, I don't think my training had been great because I'd had COVID. I'd been to Australia. um, My training was rubbish. Um, Yeah, everything about Tokyo just screams anxiety. But can I I
4: I add add a slight caveat to that? Because you're being a little bit... um... Not harsh, you're being a little bit not with the truth here. So, the reason she was very ang- anxious as well is because, and I did talk about this before you come on the show. This, don't get me wrong, this lady here has a lot of love for her tonight, and so there should be. Listen, she is not a struggling runner. This lady is an absolute machine. The week before Tokyo, the reason she was so tired going into it was she decided to do the Disney Princess over in Orlando.
3: Oh, yeah, I forgot oh, about yeah,
4: that <laughs> conveniently. So, she's done a 5k on the Friday, 10k on the Saturday half marathon Sunday, and then flew straight back into Heathrow, was at home for what, not even 24 hours, and, then flew, out, and then flew out to Tokyo. So obviously putting that with anyone, even if you're Elia Kipchoge, I'm pretty sure that's going to put you on a back foot straight away. But yeah. um, obviously going into it, and the anxiety, And that, this is when I first realised. I knew at Berlin you were ang- anxious about stuff, but Tokyo really hit me with you. With yeah, so for people that don't know, they have these people, the but the back markers, literally, they, um, they have balloons. So you get these people almost, probably shouldn't say, because I'm going to get accused of being prejudiced, I don't know, but it's almost like a Squid Games thing. These people walk over the and they are, they are petrifying. And what they do is they, they walk at that slowest pace. And once they overtake you, they literally, they take you out of the marathon. There's, wow. a, there's a coach waiting, and they just put you straight onto the coach, and that's the end of your race. And for me, even thinking about that, and I saw them at the start, I saw them all walking to the back before I even went off. And I saw them and I thought, you almost gave me like goosebumps. I was like, God, it's just not nice to see them. And to have them sort of almost on your tail. From the they weren't far
3: behind me, were they? No,
4: no, they weren't too far behind you, no. But the most important thing was they were behind you the whole way. And they
3: were behind you. me, yeah, definitely. Because oh. I was going for it. But that I've never run was... 30k so fast.
4: And I I just think you imagine yourself at anywhere—a park run, a five k, a ten k, a half marathon. anywhere. you've got someone right behind you, almost like they're coming to tap you on the back. And the minute they do, you're out. That—that that is just—that is the time when I realised, wow, this is this is this is a different game. I realised what you're going through, and to add that on top of the anxieties that I was moaning about—silly ones like the flight and I'm tired, I don't eat much Japanese food—mine just become absolutely insignificant because—and fair play to you, honestly you got that job done. I know you didn't have a great time and actually Speedgoat, me and Speedgoat were waiting for you at the end and Louisa and you didn't even come in the end. You went home and I think you went home. That, I know you won't mind me. I think you went home, we messaged you and you just said, I'm in the bath crying. And yeah, you had, it, you had it, the Tokyo it, medal as well, but it took that much out of you, didn't it?
3: It was, it was literally, it's what stuff of nightmares is made from. I literally hated every minute of it but as soon as that gun went I went I was like literally they are not getting me and I think sometimes maybe the fear did help with that a little bit because there was no way someone was pulling me off the course I actually saw them grab one woman and put her off the course and then I saw another lady who ran round them and said no you're not getting me wow so yeah it's
4: just
3: just incredible
4: I know. Right. Well, should we go back to the questions then? we still have got loads and loads of questions. We've got someone asking, who is your favourite child in the Surrey 40 gang? What is that? About? Oh! What I'm is so that about? So cool. <laughs> Marissa is seen as like the Surrey 40 mummy and she mummy a few of the younger mm. people there. So Marissa,
2: saying, let's just talk quickly about your involvement with the 40s, you know how you got how you got into it and um, you know, how you joined the group now, because you you say you were at a traditional running club and then So,
3: I had um, seen something, I'm not even sure what, and then I went for a run in a park, not near me, like, but maybe 30 minutes away, a Christmas 5K or 10K run it was, and I met Claire, and she said, oh, come to the 40s, so I looked online, I joined, I got my t-shirt, and yeah that was it and then she invited me to the surrey one as well so that's when i met certain people that make me run fast
2: and all the other shenanigans
3: exactly but literally i love i love it i love the four they're so good
1: that now, family.
2: oh that's lovely mm. we feel like that about you too that's brilliant Aww. thanks so, so much um now um we're going to delve a little bit deeper into your running with on, the man. lightning rounds because Al's back. Yeah, sorry, I've got no iPad
5: and all the buttons are in the wrong place and I think I pressed the wrong one. But Yeah, he's had a bit yeah. of a
2: uh, self-inflicted technical issues. But um, we are now, um, me and Hayden will now take a back seat and you, Marissa, can okay, um, answer Al's taxing questions.
3: Go ahead, hit me with it.
5: Welcome back, Marissa.
1: Hi. you smashed
5: it out of the park so far. And I say this to all the guests on the lightning round, you do know the answers to these questions. Okay. There's nothing trick about them, honestly. So I'm just going to fire them at you. Go on, Whatever first comes into your head, but please keep it clean. <laughs> you've done really well so far, so let's keep that that going. So okay, let's go. What's What's still on your bucket list? Because you've done some amazing races already
3: okay so my big bucket list number one is the great wall of china marathon which i'm doing on my birthday next year
5: wow Hmm. fantastic that is Uh, we'll be able to see you from google maps probably satellite cool
3: Or as my mom would say you'd hear me
5: (laughs) (laughs) favorite distance to run
3: uh probably 10k yeah it's quite nice isn't it
5: you know yeah very manageable ketchup or brown sauce
3: Oh, ketchup,
5: right. Go to shoe brand. What are you wearing at the moment? Saucony. Yeah. And is that your marathon shoe as well?
3: Mm, not sure. I might be tempted by the Adidas.
5: Uh, right. Okay. Keep your options open. Yeah. Okay. So summer training for an autumn race or oh. winter training for a spring race.
3: Oh, I would go winter training, but I tend to train better in the summer, apparently.
5: Right, well, that's kind of proven, is it, in all your stats? Yeah. Cool, but I right. don't like being hot. Okay. Barcode scanning or tail walking? Got to chuck a. Oh, tail walking. Here. Tail
3: yeah. walking.
5: Yeah. How, how many volunteer credits have you got? Do you know off the top of your head? Hundred
3: and uh, no, 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 no. Seventy-two, I think.
5: Oh, wow, well done. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Hill repeats or sprint intervals? Oh, God. Um...
3: <laughs> Neither?
5: You no, you've got to choose one. You can't.
3: Feels.
5: Feels. Fair deals. And this one doesn't always work with our younger audience, but I know we're kind of of a similar generation.
3: Okay. Sedko
5: or Steve Ovid?
3: Steve Ovid.
5: Yeah, I was a Steve Ovid, man. Yeah. And final one, remember, you're going out, you're doing your long run, you've got your marathon. This is your one song playlist. So what is that one track? Oh my god. <laughs>
3: are you ready
5: yeah go for it and toby will play it as an outro
3: no you can't footloose
5: footloose that's oh, classic yeah 80s classic there you go lightning round done well done marissa you got well, full full house 10 out of 10. Thank you. we'll bring the other guys back
4: That Footloose is a good shout. That's a cracking one. I love record. it. I've never I thought absolutely of
1: that. Love it. I
4: cannot believe you did not go Rick Astley. I am shocked.
1: Yeah,
3: but you know, I love Footloose for a, I have it at the end of my part run playlist. <laughs> to yeah, I me think moved. that's a
2: cracker. That's a good one. Yeah,
3: it's a good
2: one. Yes, brilliant. Um, so you talked about the Great Wall of China. What's actually what well, I'm sure you're doing lots of stuff before that. What's uh, what's next? Every rest of the year. Sure,
3: Chicago, yeah. New York, um, Australia.
2: Vegas.
3: Oh, yeah, Vegas. I've got Vegas. And then hopefully Boston.
2: So, what would your, to sort of sum up, what would your advice be to people who find themselves, who may feel that they're in the same position as you, that you're, they're sort of like mid to, rear, sort of like pack runner?
1: And think, you
2: oh, they're not. You know, it's not for me. You know, doing these these sort of races are for other people and all this sort of no. thing. You know, what's the motivation that you? For can give everybody themselves. I
3: just think being at the back of the pack doesn't make make you any lesser runner or any lesser person than anybody else out there in the whole world. Yeah, I would love to chase Kipchoge, but I am not chasing Kipchoge. Um, I'm chasing myself, and anyone can do it anyone if you want to do a major thing you do a major and don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything especially yourself Yeah, because i have that problem sometimes
4: yeah that's actually something you didn't really delve into tonight but that is something that is absolutely massive a lot of running a lot of everything in life is up there and it's telling Mm -hmm. yourself you can talk yourself out you could have talked yourself out of tokyo you could have talked yourself out of berlin be I could have talked
3: myself out of this.
4: You could have, yeah. but you got there, you got to the start line, you got to the podcast tonight That's and you did it. Yeah. And that and, is so yeah. important.
2: And so Hayden, you know, just so you to talk about Marissa and uh, try not to make her blush too much, but you know, she must be, she must be a great motivation for people who go every Thursday to the Surrey group and oh. sort of like when people see what she's done and stuff.
4: Oh, she, she is absolutely. And she isn't an inspiration motivation because she's what she classed herself as a slower runner. It's not about that. It's her personality it's it's oh, her experience. It's everything she's done. It's yeah, absolutely, You've seen from tonight. As I said before, I will say it again, she is an absolute machine. Well, coming up this year, we're talking about Chicago, New York. Then you have got Las Vegas, China. She didn't mention the All White Park Run in two weeks. That's oh yeah, day,
1: right?
4: but yeah, as you said, seventy, nearly eighty volunteer credits of Park Run. How many Park Runs? Um,
3: two hundred and something
4: in what, nearly about 80 or different locations all around the world. You've
3: been away to
4: You've been away to Europe and done, what, three in the space of four days. It's just that what you've done, honest to God, is just something that no matter whether you run these marathons in two hours, three hours, six hours, or you walk to them in eight hours, what you've done is something to be absolutely, extremely proud of and say everyone that knows you is absolutely inspired by it. And anyone else watching who doesn't know you and has listened tonight, I really hope that they think to themselves, do you know what? I can do it. I don't care what people think. And the more someone tells me I can't do it, that's going to give me that motivation. That's right. All because that bloke said you couldn't do it.
3: Exactly. If anyone tells you you can't do it, just message me and I'll tell you you can. And if you want me to, I'll even do it with you.
2: Oh, what an absolute legend. Marissa, it's been an absolute pleasure. We don't want to delay you on your holiday. You have certainly earned a nice live by the pool, your pina colada, you know. I
3: think I might go to the bar. I might yeah. Oh, that'd be nice.
2: Well, hopefully you'll still be able to pick up some lunch. We haven't let you. Uh... Oh
3: no no no! Lunch is over. It's nearly dinner now.
2: All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, you know. Well, don't t- don't tax yourself too much. You know, don't do too. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to everybody. Thanks, boys, for your company tonight. Thank you. Uh, for listening thank you for um your great input and your questions we you know we always say that you know that the fact that you you write your questions and then you can be interactive with the show too is what makes it so unique and makes it stand out from a lot of the other running podcasts out there because we are live every friday either on youtube or on facebook but if you can't catch us live on a friday night you know you can download us on them spotify apple amazon wherever you get your podcasts and um all sorts you know that it's all out there for you so we'd love to hear from you take us on your long run thanks again to our sponsors um sketches sketches sketches.co.uk pop along there for any of your um you know to have a look at some of the gear and the trainers that they've got also bear in mind that our friends at startfitness.co.uk they offer a 10 percent discount with 40 runs on all sorts of stuff and you know we're very grateful for their support as well so um we're not here there's a pre-record next week um chris is has done a uh, chat with ben who um will be no stranger to you listeners who's been absolutely smashing his times at all sorts of distances in the last few weeks so chris has had a chat with him about how he's been getting on and um his um his running journey in general so we'll be playing that next friday um while chris is away and uh, there and um all i can say is thank you very much for your company again Enjoy your running. Stay safe, and we'll see you next Friday. Hold
1: up.